Peace and love, beautiful people. You are listening to the Keeping It P with Lexi D podcast. I am Alexis, formerly known as Lexis Diamond, aka Lexi D, aka the bald headed hoe. Happiness over everything. I'm a writer, I'm a poet, I'm a lyricist because I make a little music on the side, and I'm also a social media personality because I got a hell of a personality. And I'm so happy you're here with me today so we can chop it up. I am so excited to start this new journey. I just want to use my voice, my words, and my experiences to encourage, uplift, educate, and inspire at least one person in this universe with the inner knowledge and also outer knowledge that I've learned throughout the years. You know, finally stepping into my purpose and utilizing the abundance of third house energy that I was born with. And if you know anything about astrology, you know what that third house energy is about. But that's another topic for another day. First, I really just want to clear up a couple things about my situation because I never actually told my side of the story. I just let my abuser say whatever she wanted to say on social media. I let her paint a picture of me that was not true. And I just wanna clear up some of those false narratives that she spread and also tell a little bit of my story. So I was in a very public relationship with someone. And, you know, since this is the Keeping It People Lexi D podcast, where we always keep it playing and we always tell the truth and take accountability, I'm going to name drop. I was in a public relationship with a woman by the name of Jakari Snowden, a.k.a. Tajay. Now, if you're familiar with lesbian Twitter, you may know who this is and you may have seen what transpired you know, with our situation and with other women coming forward on Twitter for about a whole week, maybe a month or two ago. Now, me and her were together a total of five months. And just about every single month, she put her hands on me about something she was mad at. We met via Twitter's TL, July 19th. We started texting and then we started talking on the phone. One day she asked me a specific question and I remember clearly what she asked me and I remember clearly what I said. She asked me if I still talk to my ex and I told her that it was complicated. What does complicated mean? Complicated can mean a lot of different things. So I tried to explain the complications because we had a particular arrangement, but I'll get to that a little later on in the story. So I tried to explain the complications, but she cut me off. And she said she didn't want to hear it. She claims that I told her that I did not talk to my ex and I never told her that. The false narrative that she spread on Twitter was that I was going behind her back and co-parenting a dog with my ex. And then turned around and said I was co-parenting a cat with my ex. Like, which lie is it? Mind you, she knew the truth. But she had to come up with some sort of lie to justify her putting her fucking hands on me. And I've had people ask me, so did you really, were you actually co-parenting a a dog with your ex and all these things? And I never answered their question. But here is the truth in an arrangement that me and my ex had set up. So me and my ex, we lived together. We were in an almost two-year relationship. When we first moved in together, I wanted a cat and she wanted a dog. So we both got our own separate pets. I just have to set that record straight because never in my life have I ever co-parented a dog with anybody. I got my own pet. You feel what I'm saying? So these ain't kids. If anything, that little motherfucker could go to the pound and I can go get another. It's really never that serious. So I ended up moving out of my ex house May 15th 
and I started roommating with my friend. Shout out to my Scorpio lover for being there for me when I needed someone the most. This was a month and a half before I even met Jakari, mind you. So my friend had a dog that did not like cats. So if I could have brought my cat with me, I would have, and we would have never had this arrangement set up. But since my friend's cat, I mean, my friend's cat, since my friend's dog didn't like cats, I wanted to leave my cat there because I really wanted to keep my cat. So me and my ex came to an agreement that if I could watch her dog while she worked out of town Monday through Friday, I could keep my cat at her house. You know, at this time, I'm single. And if I want to do my ex a favor in exchange for a fucking favor, I can do that. Now, I take accountability for not just telling her the whole situation, whether she wanted to hear it or not. Regardless of any of that, that does not give you the right to put your hands on anybody. And that was the first time that she had ever put her hands on me was in regards to the situation of me having this arrangement with my ex that she claimed she knew nothing about, which she didn't know anything about it. However, she knew that the situation with me and my ex was complicated because that's what I told her. I told her that the situation was complicated and she didn't allow me to explain about explain the complications. So it just never got brought up. The only thing that she said to me on the phone was get rid of your bitches. And she knew I had other bitches that I was talking to. So I was going to get rid of my bitches. And one of them bitches was going to be including my ex and watching her fucking dog, even though we was never fucking with each other like that. And when she put her hands on me, I looked her dead in her face and I said, did you really just hit me? And that girl hit me again. I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go. So I tried to leave. This girl snatched me up out of my car, broke my necklaces. And I just felt like at that moment, I was stuck in an abusive cycle. After all that calmed down, we talked and she assured me that she would never put her hands on me again. And I believed her. And she basically forgave me for the situation and for not fully telling her. And she said that she trusts me. So I felt like, okay, this was just, you know, a bad moment and, you know, she would never put her hands on me again. Like this would never happen again. However, I was sadly mistaken. The next time she put her hands on me was the end of September into the beginning of October. We were in Atlanta for my baby sister's um, baby shower. And she choked me, she headbutted me, she pushed me into the ground, caused an injury to my left hand that I still suffer with to this day, all because she felt like I was being ungrateful. She had put her hands on me quite a few times, but this one time in particular I'm going to tell you guys about really actually stuck with me. Now, I don't really remember the context of the conversation because every conversation that I feel like we had, it was like... A circle it was a runaround there was really no real context and I felt like every single time we had a disagreement or an argument I was continuously gaslighted so I really don't even remember or even remember why it even started like why we was even arguing I don't even know why the shit happened but some way somehow she felt that she was being used and when she felt like she was being used, all fucking hell broke loose. She grabbed my gun out of the fucking glove compartment. 
She pistol whipped me. She bit me in my face. She blacked my fucking eye. She stomped and she fucking kicked me. And she also continuously spit on me, which is so fucking disgusting. After all that shit happened, we sat in the car. My face still bloody. My eyes getting swollen and swollen by the minute because it's becoming black. I told her, I said, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna be with you no more. I don't wanna do this no more. And she said, that is death row. And she said, I'm in a death row contract until she get all her money back that she spent on me. Mind you, I never asked this girl for a thing. Anything that was ever bought for me, given to me, anything, Airbnbs, anything, she did that on her own. I never asked her for nothing. And that's another false narrative that she spread about me, was me being a user. Honestly, I'd much rather fuck with a bitch that don't got no money. And after I told her that I didn't want to do this no more, I didn't want to be with her no more, and she told me that it was fucking death row, I don't know where the switch up came, but... She started crying and telling me how, oh, I'm not the only one and her anger has been a problem for a long time. And she just feels like that her anger is going to get herself killed or somebody around her hurt. So she said that she had made up her mind to basically take her own life. And this was all while I'm sitting in front of her after she had beat me bloody and threatened to kill me. Now she's telling me that she's just wants to end her own life and this has always been a problem and her anger has always been a problem and I'm not the only one and I know I'm not the only one now. It's five other women that had to deal with this person. And she told me straight up, you should kill me. You know, look at your face. It'll be considered self-defense. I told her no. Because I'm just not that person on the inside. No matter how bad you have hurt me, how bloody, how fucked up my face is right now, no was the immediate thing that came to my mind when she asked me to kill her. Now, this suicide facade lasted all night up until the moment that she decided, okay, I'm going to go do it now and started to walk out the door. And when I didn't follow behind her, she came back and said, so you really going to let me kill myself? Just more manipulation and manipulation. That girl was never suicidal. She just wanted to suck me back into the motherfucking cycle because I said I didn't want to do this no more after she beat me the way she beat me. And you know, after these situations that happened to me, I just became numb. I became numb. It was just like, okay, let me not say this because she might hit me. Or let me not do this because she might hit me. And when she does hit me, it just, it just, I don't know, I was just numb. I was just numb from it all. And another false narrative that she spread about me on Twitter was that I tried to fight her and lost. I've never put my hands on that girl. And I remember telling her one day after she had put her hands on me, I said, if I actually tried to fight you back, I'd give you a run for your money. So I never tried to put my hands on her. I never put my hands on her when she put her hands on me. Because best believe, she would have had a black eye. She would have had bruises because I would not have let up on her. But the reason why she looks the way that she looks with no scars, no nothing, is because I never did put my hands on her. Because I don't put my hands on the people that I claim to like or love. 
period. That's my motto. That's my mindset. And if I would have applied that same mindset to her, I would know that there was no love here, regardless of how many times she told me she loved me, regardless of how many times she loved bombed me, no matter, no matter how many times she bought me gifts, I should have known that it wasn't love the moment that she put her fucking hands on me because I know that I would never put my hands on anybody that I love. And if I put my hands on you, I do not like you and I do not love you. And until this day, I am really trying to forgive myself for what I allowed to happen to me. After I came out on Twitter, I got a lot of love and support. And one of her exes actually reached out to me and let me know she admired me for speaking out against her because she was afraid to do the same thing. And that message from her really made my day because I feel that's my purpose is to be a voice for somebody else. Looking back on the situation, I could tell she had animosity towards me because she manipulated me into thinking that she had forgiven me. But she used that as an opportunity, I guess, to get her lick back or whatever the fuck she wants to call it. She used me for content and she abused me in the process, all while love bombing me and gaslighting me. I was her lover and best friend on Twitter. <laughs> Anybody remember that picture? But in private, I was a punching bag. But I really don't want this episode to be about that relationship and what happened day by day. You know, fuck all the details. I was abused and I did not deserve any violence aimed towards me. And neither did the last five women before me. And with that being said, I want to focus on how I got through it, the space I was in, and how I put myself back together after being broken down to the point where some never return. And I think it's very important to talk more about domestic violence, especially when it comes down to the lesbian community. It happens way too often, and a lot of people write it off as just two girls fighting. No, it's abuse. And people glorify abuse like it's okay, and it's just not okay. No one deserves to have the person that they're in a relationship with putting their hands on them just because they're angry about something. I think about this shit every day and I was so mad at myself for allowing what I allowed to happen to me in that relationship. Like that shit was really beating me down on the inside because the environment that I grew up in did not reflect the choices I decided to make. Any domestic violence situation I see my mom in, she fought and I didn't. So, you know, that just shows me that we're not always a product of our environment. I was attached to my situation in a very unhealthy way. And anyone in that situation knows how hard it is to leave your abuser. You know, you believe you can help fix them and help them become better if you don't give up no matter how much you suffer in the situation. And the first realization I had to come to in my healing is, is that I can't save everybody. And I'm such a Virgo. Virgo sun and a Virgo Venus. I really do look at some people as projects like I be trying to fix them and I feel like that could be a problem in some relationships especially when it comes to situations that I really need to get away from and that aren't healthy for me and I also had to hold my head high and take accountability for the part that I played in my own demise 
for the things that I allowed and the boundaries I didn't uphold. This part of my healing was just so powerful for me because when you finally taking that accountability and you understand what happened to you was 100% wrong in every aspect, however, you see where you have been hurting yourself because of your lack of self-worth and self-love and boundaries. So after I took accountability for, you know, let's just keep it real, for being weak, I was weak in that situation. That's when I started to pour back into myself, take better care of myself, love myself, educate myself. I embodied my power and became stronger than the woman that I was before. Like, I don't even know her, (laughs) for real. And it's like, that is when I felt like I had my breakthrough. I knew I was powerful. I knew I always had, you know, visions in my dreams, but I could never interpret them. You know, everything was just kind of foggy for me. So I decided the best thing for me and my healing and also my spiritual growth was to convert to a plant-based lifestyle. And that's what I did. So every day I'm healing and I'm learning more about myself and having self-awareness and taking out the time away from my phone and away from the distractions. And, you know, writing has really helped me tremendously in my healing process. Having that creative outlet to express what I've been through with, you know, raw emotions. Because a lot of the things I've written, I wrote while I was really hurting on the inside. And you can check some of that out on SoundCloud. Yeah, so having that creative creative outlet, you know, really helped me purge my emotions. One thing I did partake in is shrooms. And one day I'm going to have to tell y'all a crazy shroom story because I've done shrooms so many times. I've been doing them for three years yep three years but shrooms really helped me purge out those pent-up emotions and really clear my heart it helped me in so many ways and you know with with each trip I really cried less and less like boy that first initial trip after that breakup I cried for hours like literally I could not stop sobbing I was, I was just crying so much. And you know what? It was really just like therapy for me though, because I really know how to navigate through my trips. Like I don't usually have a bad trip. And if I do start, you know, thinking about something crazy or, you know, just, I just get a feeling. I, I really do know how to keep myself calm and navigate, you know, through those emotions and through those feelings while I'm on my trip. But yeah, I usually go into my trips with the intentions on healing wounds that I might not see or healing deeper wounds that may have been the reason why I, you know, have this certain attachment style or I acted this certain type of way in this situation. Like I used it to heal myself on a very, very deep level. And when I'm taking shrooms, sometimes I like to play affirmations like positive affirmations, or you can do affirmations like success affirmations. You could do overthinking affirmations. You can just do any any affirmation. You can type it in YouTube and it'll pop up 
a whole bunch of videos all of them be like eight hours long so they can play all night and i really love using affirmations like every day every night consistently it makes a difference and i can be your what do they call it i i'm giving my testimony or whatever i'm letting you know now affirmations work you just got to be consistent you can't be inconsistent with affirmations and think that they're going to work for you they're not and you know what sometimes be so consistent that you do it at night and during the day just while you work and have that shit playing in the background you might not be listening but you're listening you know so always keep the affirmations in mind the affirmations are great you know i love them i i still listen to my affirmations to this day and sometimes i might miss it but most of the time i'm on point every night and you know just always pour into yourself and learn to love yourself because when you love yourself you will never stand for anything that you don't deserve i've started loving myself and anyone listening you know dealing with domestic violence or that has dealt with domestic violence just start with you Pour into you and your passions. Tell yourself I love you every day. Dedicate a song to yourself. Hell, you can listen to self-love affirmations every night. Watch yourself fall in love day by day. And you know what? You can always hope that the people you love or once loved just hasn't healed from their trauma. And that's the reason why they act and react a certain way. And then sometimes they act or react a certain way because that's the person that they truly are. Much love to my listeners. Thank you so much for taking out the time to listen to me and my truth and also clear up a little things that I wanted to get cleared up. It's been seven whole months, maybe longer, since I've gotten away from my situation and I couldn't be any happier. I'm in such a better place I am in such a better headspace. My mindset is so different now. Like, it really is. And that's really why I wanted to start my podcast. Because I know that I have a different way of thinking. And I know that I could provoke thought in other people. And I can also encourage and motivate other people. Because I do feel like my words hold power. And I can really move some mountains with what I have to say. So thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk again soon.